Okay. Welcome to... Not Only But Also. Not Only But Also, the podcast about... Being in the both and. Stuff. Being in the both and. I'm Nicole Cottrell. I'm Renee Ronica Bahati Klug Jr. Um, also known as... Renee. Renee. <laughs> I'm going to run out of these real know, fast. No. Oh, no. You can never run out. You have to keep them going. Keep I already going. may have already said junior. Um, we Also, I am not a junior. I am the <laughs> no, first. You're senior first. You're you're the OG. I was going to say fourth, but no, you're the OG. You're the original. Yeah. Um, we thought, given the last few episodes, we've tackled some heavier topics, some necessary important but heavier topics and so for this episode we wanted to talk about something a little lighter but still very close to our hearts and personal to us Mm -hmm. and we will be talking about knitting (laughs) or crocheting both and so (laughs) what you do is you go to joanne's fabrics (laughs) or michael's or maybe the back of Kmart. We are we are we are both both of us are not the women you should ask about knitting or crocheting. No. So one time this is a this is a foreshadow of what we'll talk about today. At the church I went to when I was in New York, I was what, between twenty two and twenty seven when I was there. And the pastor stood up. He's like, ladies. We need you in childcare. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gentlemen, we need you to mow the lawn. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hell Standard. no. <laughs> and I was like, Pastor, I'm not going to go into childcare. You do not want me in childcare. And I was like, but I will mow the lawn. I love this story. I've heard it before and it's so good. So every month, <laughs> Renee got on that ride a lawnmower. And I rode this picture of I you. rode the lawn. I rode the lawn. I rode the lawn. And guess what? Nobody had to call CPS on me. <laughs> oh, as it would have been if you'd been in the child. Listen, listen. Unless they came out of my womb, the likelihood of my getting along with them. You no. don't you shouldn't be tending to the little ones. I, I didn't like being a child. Well, There's no way I would caring subject for them. myself to being around them. The church that Jonathan and I were at before we left, which led to what we are talking about today, which we still haven't said. <laughs> um, we had a dinner with the pastor and pastor's wife, you know, like you do. And we had them in our home and they came over when we first started going to church there. And they were asking us about, you know, I don't know, what we like, what our spiritual gifting, what, you know, our vision, etc. And at one point, the pastor's wife pulled me aside. She looked me dead in the eyes and she goes, whatever you do. Don't let them pull you into children's ministry. Amen. And I was like, you're my lady. Yeah. What? But yeah. I did actually serve in children's oh, no. ministry because it was required there. If you had a child go into the nursery, you had to actually serve All right. In the fair enough. Right. Share the load. I get it. No, it so. was horrible. Okay. So tonight, today, well, we're recording at night, but for this, <laughs> who knows when you'll be listening. <laughs> we are talking about organic church. Which is a thing. It's an actual thing. And a lot of people don't realize it's a thing. A lot of people have surmised in our conversations that maybe that because we've left the church, that somehow we don't go to church. And that is actually not true. So I don't really generally tell people that I am a part of an organic church. 
if I say the term organic church, people cock their heads to the side like a dog hearing like a high-pitched noise. She said cock. And they're they're like, wait, what? And then they look – they either have this like very weird blank stare on their face. They think that I'm – like I might as well have just said the cult of whatever. Or they completely ignore it and don't respond at all. Like they just skip over it like it didn't happen occasionally a person's brave enough and they'll be like, what? Now, what is that? Mm -hmm. Usually what I say to people is house church, but that's actually inaccurate. But I say house church because I don't want to have the conversation or explain what I mean by organic church. But we're going to explain what we mean by organic church here for this. I just tell people it's like a farmer's market. It's just like a farmer's market. (laughs) But with spiritual gifts instead of vegetables. (laughs) You can sample. You carry your tote. (laughs) <laughs> and you have a big floppy hat and yeah. you for the record Birkenstocks I've... maybe no oh Ugh. listen is it a millennial farmer's market or what oh, I'm not a millennial so I can judge all I yeah, want judge away okay so organic church there's a lot of different definitions but some people call it simple church generally people wait, mean wait, what simple simple church oh, never that's heard what of some that. people refer to it as but hmm. So, generally, How condescending. <laughs> what? How condescending. <laughs> simple. Not simple like stupid, like a simpleton. Simple like unhindered. Oh, okay. So um, generally and people, when they say organic church, they tend to mean a meeting, a church that gathers, a congregation that's not hindered by traditions of evangelicalism or the church system that generally has. Why are you laughing already? Because I was going to say, not hindered by white capitalistic patriarchy. Also that. True, and true. if you need to be sped true, up true, on true, any true, of true, our true, thoughts true. on that, just listen to all of the episodes prior to this one. Press play on one. <laughs> and keep go going. Two, and land wherever we are now. I don't even know what episode oh. number this is. This is um, 16. 16. And, and number four. Make sure to listen to number four. Right. Um... So it's essentially a church gathering under the headship of Christ, and usually that means not being hindered by programs of church or the typical church structure that we think of when we think of like a Sunday service. Um, There's a lot more that goes into it. But the word organic is used because it's supposed to be a living thing. It's supposed to actually, and we'll talk more about that as we go, but it's supposed to be this like growing, dynamic, changing, living thing that has its own individual DNA, mm-hmm. which we will also talk about, which is why different all different organic churches look differently from one another. And we're going to talk about what ours looks like, but that's partly also why that term is used, the term organic. Okay, yeah. What else? And when we say ours, it's just because Nicole and I go to the same one. Yeah. And that's, that's right. kind of, it's it's not how we met, but it's kind of how we met. Kind of. I mean, it's how we, um, it's not how we met, but it is how we connected and mm-hmm. became friends, yeah. I would say. Um, our friendship grew out of doing church life together. Yeah. But not directly, that's not directly how we met. Um, so Jonathan and I, when we first got married i knew that he wanted to start a church and or actually before we even got married i knew he wanted to be a pastor of a church and i was very leery of that i was like i do not want to be a pastor's wife no thank you and i fully understood from as from as much as i could from like sitting in the congregation of a church 
what pastors did and they ran around in a way that I did not want to do. No, I'm saying I would, it felt exhausting to me yeah. to just oh, watch. Yeah. I'm not saying the work isn't good I'm, or worthwhile. I'm saying from my personality, I was like, I feel like I would, I would not like it. So, you know, Jonathan was built for it. I mean, he could have been in, you could plug him into any church in America practically. And he would thrive as a pastor and be able to shepherd people. But I wouldn't say that that was my strong suit <laughs> at all. Um, and so later, as we were getting, we were married and we'd been married for a few years. And then we we're like, okay, we feel like we're supposed to do something. We're supposed to start something. And we kept praying about that. And we really thought for a long time that it would be traditional church, like what you think of when you think of church generally, that we would have a Sunday morning service at a building and that that's what we would do. And Jonathan would preach every week. Jonathan would preach every week and I would be pastor's wife. And we kept kind of bouncing that idea around and it didn't feel quite right. And we didn't know why. And we still were going to a traditional church. So we weren't outside of that. We really still had that lens for seeing the world and or seeing, I guess, Christianity. And then I can't remember, he got a hold of a book called The Elephant in the Room or I should look it up. Um, but it was about house church movements in foreign countries, specifically like Africa and Asia and how they were, there's, you know, this growing huge underground house church movement in a lot of countries where Christianity can't be practiced openly. And so that kind of got us thinking about house church. And Jonathan actually grew up going to tons of house churches. That's primarily he was in house church growing up. And so we thought, oh, we that's a totally different direction than what we were thinking. We could do that. And we kept praying about that. And then I, ha I don't even remember, but the guy who wrote the book, the elephant in the room book, also, whose name I have to look up for show notes, Wolfgang Peterson. Oh, wait. Yeah. Is that right? I don't know, but I am all in on the okay. name Wolfgang. He, Jonathan had emailed him after reading the book, and he called Jonathan from like somewhere in Africa or something. And they had a phone call, and he was like, hey, I think I want to start this thing, and he gave him some like really cool. Wait, Wolfgang said this? Yeah. Jonathan said, I, I think I want to start a house church. Oh, I think God. that's what I'm supposed to start. So he gave him some really cool feedback. And I feel like he gave him a book recommendation. And that book recommendation led us to the concept of organic church. Got it. And then we started reading about, we found Frank Viola, who at the time had written really the most that we could find on the topic of organic church. And, um, I'll just say the – no, Wolfgang Peterson's a German film director. Gosh. Oh, yeah. He wrote – he did Never Ending Story. <laughs> I knew that I knew that name. I'm like, this is a name that's ringing a bell. I am so wrong. But I know his first name is Wolfgang. But anyway, still all in on Wolfgang. That's the best. Let's just pretend that the German – movie director called Jonathan and said, so, um, <laughs> I try so, you. <laughs> I really can't remember his name. Oh, I feel so bad. Anyway, some gentleman, I will find it. Um, he, so we found out about organic church and the distinction really between organic church and house church. And then we'll share our stories is house church is generally like a shrunken version of a Sunday service versus Organic church is an organic living 
with the structure is different. It's not a hierarchical structure like we're used to in a church where Christ is head. So a house church would be like that you still have a like a head pastor and then maybe some kind of, you know, other leaders in place, maybe you have elders and then you and then the pastor probably preaches and everyone listens and then maybe there's response time. It's just a smaller version of what happens on a Sunday in a building, but in a house. Organic church is something different, right? And that's what we're going to talk about. It's a it's this living, interactive, different way of living life. Where there together. actually is no pastor. Where there is no direct pastor, right? Well, yes. I mean, there are, but not in the way we think of it. So um, so that's kind of the distinction. And then Jonathan and I were like, okay, we're ready to start. And we, we tried to start and we invited people and we called it the Jesus meeting. And it was weird. We didn't really know what we were doing. And then we started. It started well. You were not the first start. Mm-mm. We first, were still in Colorado. Yeah. The first start was okay. We, we were excited. People seemed excited, but then slowly people moved. We had like three families move and then someone else moved and then some people just stopped coming and it just stopped. And so we stopped. And, and then, yeah, we were kind of like, oh, well, we totally missed what, like, well, this isn't what we were supposed to do. You know, that's where your brain goes in Christendom a lot of times. Like, oh, we messed up somehow. And we went to an organic church conference, and there we realized we had no idea what we were doing, <laughs> and that we were doing it all out of our own stuff, like, you know, trying to make it happen. And we needed to lay down our own expectations of what we thought it was supposed to look like. And so... that That's like a life lesson, by the way. Oh, I know. It's a, applied to so many things. Um, So we... It was about a, maybe six months, a year. I don't know. And then we restarted. And this time God brought the people. And Jonathan had heard God say, I'm raising up a people for you for this. And we basically didn't even like invite people. It just organically happened. And people started coming and finding us. And you were, you guys were one of them. I know. And it's actually a really cool story that I, I kind of do wish Jonathan was here to tell. But... Uh, Nicole and I, well, Nicole had a blog. I, uh, I had a blog. Nicole had a blog. And, you know, but, you know, mine was whatever. And I'm thankful that it was a good, like, venting ground for me. But, um, Jonathan somehow saw my blog being shared on Facebook and he read it. And it was my announcement that we were moving to Phoenix from Colorado. And the Holy Spirit said to him, they're going to be part of your organic church. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, three months later, mm-hmm. um, actually before that, my brother, who is also a shepherd, uh, part of, actually he's recently had a, a transition too. Uh, they, they're very much people, people. Uh, my brother is Michael. People call him Mike, but I don't know who you're talking about when you say Mike. So Michael <laughs> and Jonathan um, are really a lot alike they in are. how they love people, people. people and they can mm-hmm. just be anywhere and, yeah. and be okay yeah. right um and and anyway so michael uh connected me with kathy cottrell who's jonathan's mom who is the uh nurturer of all nurturers <laughs> yeah. right and michael knew that i had never been mentored and this is going to be an episode but like right now just saying I've never been mentored makes me want to weep yeah and actually i didn't even talk to you about this but i had a very very amazing experience this week that I need oh, I to tell you about it. after. We will do an episode um, at some point maybe. about 
how I need neither of us therapy. have ever officially been mentored. No, but I have mentored lots and but lots. But we've of mentored people. lots of people. So anyway, so I got together with Kathy. She's like, "You need to meet my daughter-in-law," and I was like, "All right, cool." And anyway, and then Kathy tried to mentor me, and she was like, "There's nothing I can do for <laughs> Renee," and I was like, "What the hell, Kathy?" Ah. <laughs> anyway, so then a few months later. You know, we now we're living in Phoenix and we were church hopping because that's what I've done for the last 20 years is yeah. church hop. I've never felt like I belonged anywhere. And that's just not just me being an Enneagram 4. Yeah. That was like really not feeling like I belonged for a time, like nothing felt right. I can suss that out in a little bit, but let me finish this story first. And then I think Kathy set it up. So, hey, yeah, come to she lunch. She called me and said, you – you, there's this couple that just moved into town. You and Jonathan should have them over for lunch. We think you guys would really hit it off. We were like, okay, cool. Like, we'll set it up and have them over for lunch yeah. on a Sunday afternoon or something. It's true. And in a story that I will most certainly not tell now and possibly never, I had come out of a very painful experience in Colorado. Like, I've told you how how I like my friends and I go real deep with my friends and I have them all the way back to age two. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I do not mess around when it comes to friendship. And I had had some catastrophic experiences with friendships in Colorado. And I'd never had that before. So I was coming out of this like, what? What? Yeah. Like, if I get close to these women, and especially if they're Christian women, right. there's no telling. It's risky. It felt there very is no risky. telling. Oh, I think yeah. I did talk about it here. Yeah, a little bit. Sorry. I don't remember because I'm old. But um, <laughs> Not old. So, Yeah. Anyway, I could tell a lot of jokes. I will tell a joke, really, because it's a little. You know what we had this week, ladies and gentlemen? After a year of roof rats and Uh, termites Uh Mm -hmm. and Mm COVID-19, you know what we got this week? Oh, I do know. It starts with an F. That's what I want to say. No, it doesn't start with an F. It ends with an I-N-G. Automatically, I'm I'm itching my head as you say it. L-I-C-E, lice. I'm like. The third time in my house in the last seven years. Psychosomatic. Like I get instantly itchy. So at 9 p.m. at night, 9 p.m., I found it in my daughter because, you know, I'm on that. And I was like, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. So I called 9 o'clock, 9.30 at night. I called my lice lady because I got a lice a lady. A lice lady. Listen, and she wasn't there. It was another lady. I know. And I was like, no, 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 no. I need my lice lady. So I Googled on up, whoever, and I left a voicemail. And this, I was like, hello. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya, and you better freaking get on over here. I was like, hello, my name is Renee. And I was like, so this is what the situation is. This year, we've had roof rats. We've had COVID. You said this on the voicemail? Oh, I said it. We've had termites. And I was like, and we have lice right now. And guess what? I can't. I can't with this. And I was like, you have to come. That's why she got back to you so you fast. You have to. I was like, listen, I'm going to lose my she ever-loving mind. She I, felt burdened. She felt burdened for you. On the voicemail. <laughs> I said, I know that I sound out of my mind and I, because I am out of my mind. And I was like, I need you to come as quickly as possible at five o'clock in the morning if you need to. Oh, so good. And I was like, I need these out of my house. Yeah. I rebuke them. Please yeah. call me back. <laughs> and she, she did. Texted me back. Yep. She's like, "Hi." <laughs> and then Hi, here's a lady with the light. <laughs> no, she come on. Can Nicole. I help you? She loves me. <laughs> of course she did. And um and anyway, so she came the next day and she eradicated. Yeah. I gave her all my money and she eradicated <laughs> those mofos. Anyway, Yes, lice starts with F, ends with I N G, and then you put that. That's what they are. That They're is the what worst. They are. 
Although I rebuke in the name of Jesus, roof rats and termites and COVID-19 and lice. And lice. All right. So let me come back. I needed to put some levity in here. Right? I, I like it. Like I'm it all for work. it. This, anyway, is so why, this is my week. This is what we wanted. Why I'm like traumatized by the L-I-C. And then I was like, hey, we should record an episode. Yeah. And so here we are. Anyway, so I we pull up, we roll up to the Cottrell's house and I was just like, oh dear God. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I can't. I was like not even in a place to put my heart out there. And then I just like, I knew it wasn't the Lord. I just knew it was either going to be all in or all out. Like either we were never going to speak to each other again or it was going to be lifelong. I just knew that. Yeah. So we got there and like there was no revelatory things. No, like then. our lunch was like normal. Like we talked and chatted. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was like we didn't have like starry eyes for each other the second we met. No. It wasn't love at first sight. We were just like I think hi, we were both and I think we were both in places where we were like totally hundred percent about this. Hundred like, percent. You know, skeptical uh-huh. of both. And I was like, All right, I don't know, I don't know. And we were two timing. We went to another organic two church timing. on the other side yep. of town. And we were like, Oh, you go try that one. Yeah, so and one was Friday night, one was back Saturday. To us and let us know. And okay. it was fine. Okay. So, you know, we did that and in the meantime, we were also going to traditional churches and really the only reason i think and this is god this is gonna sound so self-congratulatory but i don't actually care anymore the only reason that i feel like we went to traditional churches was because inevitably every single time the lord had some sort of pivotal healing word for people yeah and these were not churches that operated in the prophetic prophetic, right but people were dying Mm -hmm. for the Lord. Yeah. They were just, they were, I would see some of them just bleed out and the Lord would be like, this person needs to hear X. You You were just there to minister to people. I was just there for that. Right. And then, you know, some of them would have just too much. It was just too much of the fog machines and the this and the that and just too pastor centered. And I knew that we were made for more than that. Yeah. This is, I'm not being judgmental. We were made for more than a traditional church has to offer. I do not ever, because I know a lot of people within traditional churches who are thriving. Yes. But for me, especially in what the Lord has asked me to do with my life, which I'm still figuring out, um, I knew that those traditional four walls were going to kill me. I feel like you're raising a really important point that I should have said earlier too, is that, um, and Jonathan and I have said this for years, and we've we've been doing organic church for like 10 years now. We've said a lot of times, I in no way think that organic church is the only way people should be the church or do church or gather as a church. And I think that an infinite God can have infinite ways of reflecting himself. And organic church is one expression of an infinite Christ. And there are all of the other ways that that can happen. I love the local church. I think it's critically important and Mm -hmm. i think they do kingdom work i just also like you're saying i know that we were specifically called out of that system for a reason and put and called to do what we've been doing but i have no judgment for people that are where they are because i think that that's where a lot of people are supposed to be Mm -hmm. yeah i just think people have a lot of curiosity about what we do and so i guess this is traditional church but also organic church i don't know i don't know what i guess that's the but also here and I, th- so that's how we kind of integrated into this community where 
I didn't know what it was, but there was something. Okay. So I want to back up to like 1990, who knows, late 90s. It's quite the backup. Greg, mm-hmm. um, my husband, was reading the scriptures and he came upon the book of Acts and he felt jealous over what was happening mm-hmm. within the book of Acts. And he went to his pastor and he said, hey, why am I not seeing this? Right. This is what the church is supposed to be. Why are right. we not seeing it? So they came. I'm, Greg was like 15. Yeah. That's, this, of was, course. this is Greg. He's old Very Greg. Very Greg. 15-year-old so Greg. So they, every week they prayed. They just prayed it's and so prayed cool. and prayed. It's and a I cool truly response. believe that he, I mean, he has had really great um, church experiences. Yeah. But I think that he saw kind of a, a really beautiful manifestation of those prayers mm. 20 years prior mm-hmm. in organic church. Yeah, yeah. And he even, I think he would like more structure in organic church. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'm like real happy with no structure. Right. <laughs> I got too much structure and I need some unstructured. We aren't structureless, but yes, but I know what you're saying. Anyway, so that's how we came to it. And it we've been there ever since and it's been nine years. Okay, so if you can like transport yourself to when you first started Attending organic church. Well, I mean, should we talk about first, like, what it kind of looks like, like what we do? Well, it's so it's different every week, right? It is different every week. So I'll I'll explain how I explain it to people who are curious about yeah. it and who are even thinking of coming. Yeah, I'd like to hear your explanation. I don't know if I've ever. Heard I it. say every week looks absolutely different. Yeah, and we've been going continuously for nine years. Yeah. and. Sometimes it's very worshipful. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's very instructive. Sometimes it's a conversation. Sometimes we're all so dog tired that we just need to play games. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes people lead. Sometimes it's very kind of hodgepodge. The children run all over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, and if you decide that it's not for you, we will not be in the least right. bit offended because I understand that. Sometimes that's not for people. It's definitely not for everyone. And we eat right. together. We do all of that. And we we drink some wine. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we get a little loose. But <laughs> we get loose. We get loose. We have footloose. the after party. We have the after after party. I don't party. know any of the other words to footloose. People. Come on. And- footloose. Yeah. Footloose. Footloose. Kick off your Sunday shoes. That's it. Louise. Jeez Louise. Jeez Louise. Pull me up to my knees. Jack. Get back. Something, something, something. I just see Kevin Bacon and I the hair Kevin flapping Bacon. and the you should follow Kevin Bacon wash on jeans. Facebook. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. So that's how I explain it to people, and I think that's good. That's kind of pretty much what we say. We say same. It's different every week. We let the Holy Spirit lead. Um, these are the questions people ask us, though, because we were talking about this before we started recording. The stuff that people say to us, oh, so you're a part of an organic church. If I say organic church or even if I say house church, then people will be like, well, what church authority are you under? And then Jonathan will say, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then people will say, um, "Do you, who are your elders? Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spigot. Holy Spigot. You remember that? He goes, and no, then, it's from a movie. Then sometimes people will say, um, who's your pastor? Did I say that one already? No, I said under church authority. They'll say, who's your pastor? And then Jonathan will say, Jesus Christ. And then people will ask, I don't know, what did the children do? And we say, <laughs> run amok. And then. <laughs> Good question. What do people, people ask about the kids all the time. People yeah. say, what do you, this is what people say. What do you do with the children? That's what people ask all the time. And listen, let's go there because this is my favorite. <laughs> okay. What do you do 
with the children. That's what people. We that's what a lot of people children. really. We do and it is great. It's great. Listen, when no, our kids beautiful. were real little, when our kids were so little, it was just loudness, and it was. it was just mayhem, and it was poopy diapers, and people were like, "Peace." We did have a season where we had a lot of little kids and like toddlers. Listen, if you've been around a toddler, if you've seen a toddler across a room, (laughs) you know. But multiply that. It was like little Jack Jack. Five. It was (laughs) no multiply that by a hundred. No, we probably had like five or six toddlers together, and then every the oldest child was like eight. Eight. (laughs) (laughs) It was rough. It was mayhem. It was rough. And I'm not gonna lie. We were like. Pro, we were like procreators. Yeah, we were doing. We were ser- we were fulfilling our Christian womanly duties. We were popping those <laughs> we legs out. Quiver. It wasn't quiverful, <laughs> but we had our quivers full. Anyway, so it was a little bit mayhemish, but nobody wanted to leave the gathering to go teach the children. And they wanted were to be together. So little. They were like, so little. Who wants do? to go sit in there? But no one to serve children's ministry. That's right. And one of our friends, Chad, said, "You, I like the way you uh, recap what Chad said better than." How okay, we did it. have babysitters for a while, and we did take turns with the little kids. But at one night, they were being especially ridiculously unhinged loud. <laughs> <clears throat> and our friend Chad, good old Chattery, Chad sitting there, and we were all tisking, tisking the children and shushing, <laughs> shushing the children. And we're like, we're trying to talk. We're trying to pray. <laughs> and we're like telling them to be quiet. We were all so agitated. And by a certain point, we were just pissed. And Chad very quietly – and. In full of peace and grace, because that's how he always speaks, said, you know, this is our time together. Us, we adults, we get to sit here and fellowship together in the Lord. He's like, and the kids, they're doing the same thing. That's their community. They're fellowshipping with the Lord together. Who are we to go and shush them and interrupt their fellowship with God? And the room fell dead silent. You could feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And we all just sat there for a minute and we were like, oh, damn. Yep. And then that was it. Then that like set us all free from thinking that we needed to somehow control the kids. And I mean, sometimes we still have to tell them to be a little quiet. (laughs) Sometimes they're so loud that we can't hear each other next to each other. That's right. But it was for sure a reframing of – what they are doing and how God is with them in their time. That's true. And it doesn't have to look – I mean, we're still programmed to think that it has to look like a Sunday, you know, Sunday morning children's service – what is it called? Sunday school. There it is. It's been a very long time for me. Sunday school <laughs> that they are supposed to like have this structured thing and – we let that go. That was, at least for me, that was the time I really let that go. So now, when we walk in, I have a boombox on my shoulder with J-Lo's <laughs> Let's Get Loud. Let's Get Loud. real and they, loud. And they're happy to oblige. But I will so say, happy too, to oblige. you know, at that season when they were all really little and now these kids have grown up together, um, what's happening now is the beautiful outpouring of them growing up inside of mm-hmm. an organic church because – they have a little Bible study that they do together and they like give a little lesson and then they watch a Bible project video, which if you haven't watched Bible project, I would encourage you to because it's amazing. And they like ask questions and they have time where they lay hands on each other and pray for each other. And that has happened naturally, organically, out of them watching all of us, watching the adults. It's true. And honestly, when my kids, when I sometimes I pick them up from school and uh, they are just bad. 
you know, they're fighting, they're this. And I think it's because they've held it together all day yeah, in a mask. It's the release And then it's they're the finally release releasing. Valve. But listen, yeah. I've been all day at work and I'm like, I don't want to hear y'all. <laughs> but you're not a child. I don't want to hear y'all fighting in my back seat. And so my threat, my singular threat, the only one that works yeah. is if y'all keep it up, we're not going to go to church. That's right. And they're like, zoop, zoop, zoop. They zip it up. Yeah. And because that's their, I mean, that is their time. That's their time with their people. That is, and, and, you know, we are still quarantining and we've been pretty strict about this. But so that is, that's their people. And that's who they get to see aside, outside of school. But um, I know it's really sad. But No, oh, it's great. <clears throat> they're great. So, but in any case, I... That's that's it. And I but that really also speaks to me. Like I want my kids to have a really good association that's with right. church, especially now. I mean, if you're on any of yep. the socials, it is just devastating to hear the stories coming out. I of- mean, even us, our stories that we yes. came out, we became Christians as a as a well, as technical adults. Yeah. I don't know that we were was actual a, Yeah, I was, you know, but, close enough. And I remember when I was in Bible school thinking, when I hung out with other Christians who had grown up in the church, how resentful, seeing how resentful they were, thinking, I don't ever want that for my children. Yeah, you watch, you're, you would just watch kids that grew up in the church just check out and rebel yeah. and think, yeah. church is the last place I want to be. Yeah. But our kids, like you're saying, have a positive association with church and my kids regularly just use the term church family yeah they don't know anything different than that and sure they go visit churches on sundays and they like to do that as well but their actual whole concept of church is what has gone on in our our home yeah and i love that i that is one of my greatest joys because it really had been one of my greatest fears yeah to, to know, like, what are we going to do about yeah. this? Or we're thinking that there was all this responsibility. And yes, I think we have a responsibility to raise our children up, but I, I don't want to bind my children with a bunch of rules and regulations mm-hmm. that are ineffective, mm-hmm. that aren't going to teach them how to be open-minded thinkers, how yeah. to be inclusive lovers of Jesus and people, how to be humane. If there's one thing that 2020 taught me is how inhumane yeah. and inhospitable so many people yeah. within the larger church I'm You're just right. talking about all yep. over how how much how inhumane they are. Yeah. Absolutely. And that that's a heartbreak to me. So so that's where the children are in it. And I'm excited as they grow to watch them create their own organic lifestyle. Yeah, I wonder what they're gonna do. I'm always curious about for this group of kids coming out of this and being raised in this way, what will they do and pursue. I I think out of mine, I think one of my kids will want to be a part of traditional church in yeah. the way that we think. I don't actually want to say traditional church. I'm not like being like super, hopefully this doesn't sound judgy, but like traditional church is to me really actually more the Acts church. That's actually the tradition of Christian Christianity. Really, it's more mainstream church sure, is sure. really like Sunday service church, mainstream church. That's okay. No. And yeah, we don't have to be apologetic about it because I think you know us by now and we know. We're yeah, not gonna, I mean, we're I was just thinking you. it for myself I'll only as judge I was you saying. you are Birkenstocks. I won't judge you on your church. At the farmer's market. Um, so, oh, oh, Evan's got Birkenstocks, but you're also a millennial, aren't you? So you're forgiven. You you're, are. I forgive he's you in, in the, the zone. He's allowed to wear Birkenstocks. And those are actually not that unattractive. I like that Renee, um, this right now looks over and Evan has Birkenstocks on. <laughs> so you know what? Sometimes though I see white socks with the Birkenstocks. Hells no. 
Do you wear white socks? Let it never be. No, you don't. No, it does not. <laughs> All right. How, how focused are we? Are we focused? We're doing just fine. How is this episode? Is this episode oh, on a great. scale of one to five? Have you started Who falling are you asleep yet? Rate? Should I give us? I'm going to say we're at a three right now. Okay, listen. All right, let's ramp. Let's, let's ramp it loud. up. Okay. So so ooh, now what was, about what about the other the let's do the other questions that people ask? So we dealt with the what do you do with the children? So then what about when people say um, who leads? Who leads? Who leads? Who's your pastor? I love this. I love this. I love <laughs> Do it. This. Get it. I love, I love this. Okay. You, so that was the most <laughs> Oprah thing you've ever I done. I love bread. <laughs> I love bread. You get one and you get one and you get one. <laughs> I love Oprah Winfrey. No. Oprah is so lovable. I have a very, very deep story about Oprah Winfrey and how she actually, <laughs> no, she actually changed my life. Are you? Are you, you going to tell her this story? No. I have no idea what you're going to say. So Oprah Winfrey was one of the first people to start talking about uh, molestation. Oh, yes. I did know this. Okay, and go. one time I was 15 and I was sitting on the couch and Oprah had an episode about children mm-hmm. finally telling their parents. Mm-hmm. And I, I was it's shook and I had not told anybody. It's unbelievable. And my dad saw me entranced and he goes, he leans over and he goes, he calls me cookie. And he goes, Cookie, what's happening? And he like shook my shoulder and I slapped him him across the face as a trigger reaction. And he didn't speak to me for a whole week because, ah, sorry, in Indian culture, hells no. Yeah. And then that's, that just compelled me. I said, I had to tell them what was happening. I didn't know this story. And that's thanks to Oprah. God bless Oprah. Yeah. That was so brave and like unheard of that she was doing that at the time. Like no one was doing that. Yeah. Wow. So listen, that's amazing. I take you just channeled her. So all of my hats. You off just channeled. You just channeled her. I think her she's completely. the person I admire most. So uh, in terms of celebrity people, anyway, you um, love the question of who's your pastor. Oh yeah. So and you love Oprah. You know, I think we've talked about how maligned I have felt as a woman in the church, especially a woman with a prophetic gift and kind of a leadership gift and just, you know, whatever. And it's it's not really I mean you now don't I blend think it's changing. In. I don't you blend, don't in, blend it's fine. in. Listen, whatever, sue me. I was creating You're not supposed like to blend in. And whenever I felt like I did step out in faith, it got shut down. And listen, I didn't always do it right. Sometimes I was okay. I needed to get shut down, but it felt like it was perpetual kind of a silencing. Yeah. And what's so cool about this church is how honoring they are, they, meaning the men, how mm, honoring mm-hmm. the men are to the women. There have been multiple times when it's come time to lead. Usually we sometimes just quiet. Somebody comes in, somebody might come in with a burden. So that person leads with the burden. Somebody might come in with a cool story. That person leads. Somebody might come in with a teaching. That person leads. And sometimes we're quiet, but I can't even, and I actually cried on a call that mm. uh, with your husband, Jonathan, um, that my com- my company it did a training for his company and we were talking about gender parity and i like i started to tear up when mm-hmm. i said that one of the most honoring things that had ever happened to me as a woman of color was when jonathan a man of whiteness so often has deferred to me mm-hmm. 
has so often said, Renee, you have to lead, mm-hmm. and, which he is telling me what to do. But yeah. <laughs> so, but just this kind of like, but I needed that at first. I needed that kind of, I needed that lead. a little bit of empowering because yeah. I felt so shut down yeah, for so long. Absolutely. Like I was a different person when absolutely. I started going there than I am now. No question. And just, so am I. Yeah. You, We're not the same people. True. That's right. That's right. <laughs> 40 and fab. But... <laughs> 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 I don't I credit like, anything but 40. I feel like we should edit that out. No, what? I'm just kidding. We will not edit that out. No, I just had like, I had like a flash of like, of like rhinestone t-shirts and like <laughs> pink Zinfandel wine and like. And some sort of crazy pun. And like bad frosty lipstick and then like, and then like 40 and fab. Oh, okay. Keep going. I just think of Jennifer Garner, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm okay with it. So, anyway, um, yeah. So that I think was truly healing. Is just that sense of empowerment where we're uh, women are allowed to lead. <laughs> women are women are asked to lead, expected to lead, encouraged to lead. It is a kind of a different. There's so many things that happen in our church that I think sometimes I take for granted. Because it's now been 10 years and I'm like, oh, this is normal. Like, this is how people do things in the church. And then I'm quickly reminded on socials, nope, this is not normal. This is not standard. What we're doing is outside of what a lot of people are experiencing. And yeah. um, I'm going to I'm gonna mention a couple other things that I think are yeah, you should. super I, different. I, okay. So are, the, are we out of four yet? Uh, what, what? Did we do we rank? Did we have sure. We we're three point five. Three, that Oprah and then the and then the Fab Forty. Yeah, we're three point five. We're 3. close 5. to four. Um, the pastor thing too. It's so just normal to like want to have that pastoral figure and that person that like you look to that guides you that does the thing that gets up and says the stuff and then you take things and you process them how you're going to process them, and. It is very it is a huge shift to come out of that and have not a one person doing that f- for you or with you. So Jonathan technically is a pastor. I mean, he's a shepherd, that's a spiritual gift. And we have at least one other shepherd. We have John Rowden is a shepherd. So we have another shepherd in our Oh, really? Flock. I thought he was a mercy. He's a shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um and so in that sense, I mean, Jonathan serves as a shepherd like connecting the flock and keeping people connected and checking on people, which is what shepherds are supposed to do. What most pastors are doing, most pastors are actually, we've talked about this, are actually probably teachers or leaders in terms of spiritual gifting. So in our church, we have teachers. We have an excellent teacher in a woman, in Didi, who we love so much. And she is just a phenomenal teacher. I mean, one of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life. She's Mensa. Yeah. And you know, so You're we have people CD. that serve as teachers. We have people that serve as a pastor in that in the way that are actually shepherding. We have people that serve as leaders. Like Greg leaders. is very much a vision right. caster. He, he, he has casts a, a lot of gift. vision for our entire group, um, and kind of points us into the direction of where. And he has a new vision. He's going to God is talk taking about us. Tomorrow. And so, in that way, we do have leadership. I think that's one of the things that people get. People feel like concerned about, like, well, do you have leadership? Well. We don't have a head pastor. Our head pastor is Jesus Christ. We submit corporately to the headship of Christ. We're guided by the Holy Spirit, which is why every week looks different. But we have natural leadership that arises. 
Because in any group with any group of people, you will have natural leadership that arises. There are natural leaders. Renee is a leader. I am a leader. There are other people that are leaders that do things. Evan is a leader. But we all have these ways that we pop up our leadership at different times in different capacities when needed. Mm -hmm. It's not like one person that we're all looking to for that leadership, which I think is just the most, it's the coolest, most honoring. It just honors all of our and goodness and, and gifts about it when if nicole and john are on vacation we go right? on vacation if they're allowed to go on we vacation and guess what things do not fall apart. and it's amazing and we're you know and of course there needs there is some structure and of course people like to have some normalcy if you will or consistency so we try to provide that but i think for the most part there is a lot um, it's so funny because there is a lot of consistency, even though every week is different. That's right. Which I think is one of the the beautiful parts about it. And listen, has it brought in people who think differently or who hijack meetings? You bet yeah, your yeah, yeah, bottom yeah. dollar. Yeah, it's actually like that's an inevitable. That's an inevitable event that someone will come in and try to like take over, strong arm, and I get especially, especially protective and angry when that happens. It's very much. Or people who are like, oh, I have a captive audience. This is my therapy. And then they just like vomit all their stuff, which that's not any different than, you know, home groups or Bible studies that we've all been a part of where there's a person whose personality dominates. That is just part of people being people. Um, The difference, though, is that we – try to not make room for and that's like a hard balancing thing trying to not make room for a dominating personality like not letting a dominating personality continue to dominate or a vomiting emotional vomiting person allowed to keep doing that it's not that's not edifying to the group so yeah we don't want to let that keep going but And, and it hasn't been picture perfect i mean there have been families that have left for a number of different there have been families who have left Health in health, mm-hmm. where it's like they're moving on to different states, and we bless different, them, we send different them, locations, we pray over them, them. different yeah. states of being, right? Um, whatever. And there are other people who just like disappeared, and that yeah. was hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some people who walked away from faith altogether, and that was heartbreaking. Um, yeah, that's some true. people left because oh, this is really important. We actually don't talk doctrine mm-hmm. during the actual gathering. If we want to talk doctrine, we do that afterwards, mm-hmm. like when we're eating or, or we just schedule it separately, or people can do it because on their we want to center Jesus and not theology. Well, not specific theology right. because there we can split hairs all day long. That's right, right? And but that has actually caused it's people to leave because people. we haven't made a stance on that. that right. There have been people from you know all different kinds of uh, thinking. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not going to name all of those cause I don't ever want to villainize any of them, but just, there were people who had contentious feelings about other theologies mm-hmm. and we were heartbroken when they yeah. decided to leave over yeah. that sort of thing. I mean, at that point, one, one case in particular, which I know you're referencing is someone, someone specifically asked Jonathan to write down like a doctrinal statement that would then be the church's doctrinal statement. And he refused to do so. And he said, I won't do that. Like, we believe in Jesus as head, Christ crucified, risen again, and that's about as much as we're going to get into in terms of doctrine. And um, we know that we all have varying theologies. And I, he said, I don't want to ever ostracize someone or make someone feel that they don't belong or can't be here yeah. on because of a theological point. And so that other person left, yeah. and they didn't want to stay. Because and I we, miss you so much. We miss you. If you ever listen to this by some chance, we miss you. 
um, so very much, but it was heartbreaking, but it was also, you know, I remember people thanking Jonathan afterward for him doing that and saying, if you had written down something, what would you have written down? And if you had written down something, someone else would have been excluded yeah, I know. and someone else would have felt like they had to leave. And listen, has that caused fights? Yes. yes. <laughs> has that caused us to be like, oh my gosh, has that caused me to say, I don't know if I can go back again? Yes. Yes. We have had times over the last nine years where I was like, I don't think I can go back Yeah. because of just maybe strong arming people or just this or it's that real personalities, thing. all of those things. Um, but there have been, uh, there was a, a couple years ago, there was a year where so many of us had gone through so many things and that whole year was basically a healing year Yeah, where we just kind of got we together like just and chilled. chatted. We chilled. <laughs> that Saturday night was, we meet on Saturday nights, by the way. Like that Saturday night, there was basically, yeah. there was, we just. It was like a therapy it was just together. Healing it was just healing time. Quiet. That yeah. was it. And then we kind of we got backtracked, like maybe we should have a little bit more structure here. But what's so amazing about it is I think about if if we had created this doctrinal statement back, that would have had to have been... That was like seven years ago. That maybe? was about seven years ago. I think about where that brought us in 2020, where I think that there, our church has been the most unified. Mm-hmm. Because separately, mm-hmm. the Lord has all brought us to this place of humility insofar as we have each had our eyes opened to the supremacies mm-hmm. that we've been talking about yeah. here. And I think, I can't I can't speak for you, Nicole, but I think all of these years that I have felt so shackled by the capitalistic, patriarchal, uh, sexist system that I felt bent because of and I didn't know how to I don't I didn't know how to unbend right. from it and the Lord slowly 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 has been like uh erecting me and um <laughs> making me erect <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't let it go by I am an erection you couldn't let it go by <laughs> remember from that movie uh, Kate and Leopold no <laughs> at the very beginning oh yes right. right. he's, he's standing and he goes you're so erect no right they're looking at the Brooklyn Bridge oh that's right and I they're like somebody's erections <laughs> I remember <laughs> snickering anyway all right so the Lord has kind of brought me out of that place of just feeling so oppressed to a feeling of empowerment. And I know that 2020, we've all kind of been able to walk in it. Mm-hmm. And do you know how many people have had to leave the church That's or right. how many churches have split this year yep. because somebody said, listen, we have to, we have to address this, address and, talk about this. and we have to repent and lament and other people, and people said, leave. no, I'm not going to do that. And so anyway, we are the beneficiaries of some of those people who have left. It's true. And listen, if you want to come to a place and if, listen, if it's not for you, we're not going to be offended. We're not going to out you here on this podcast unless, you know, you really do something bad. And, just kidding. Um, but I, I just, I love that. I love that separately we all got to this place. And you know what? Getting our getting to this place drove out some of those strong armors who were on the other side yeah. of us politically who just fought with us yeah because of some of the things that we thought and mm-hmm. there, there was no good that could come from that yeah um and listen if that person wants to come back okay fine i might have to swallow a lot of pride um <laughs> but okay fine 
fine. Okay, I don't want to talk about this that's anymore. A separate, so you that's can, a separate conversation. That's a separate conversation. But um, you said a couple of things I wanted to touch on. One was um, uh, you mentioned that a lot of us in 2020 like came to this kind of same similar place, which is such a theme that happens in organic church living life together is – so often there'll be groups of us that have all are all going through something similar, whether theologically or in our faith or or even just in our personal lives, we're struggling with something similar. And God kind of like paints this theme throughout. And then we get to all come together and work through it together and pray through it together. And it's this solidarity that he creates. And you're not it's not this isolated incident. Whereas my experiences in the past in mainstream church like i might be dealing with something and i have no way of knowing if anyone else is dealing with it i have no way of knowing if anyone else is going through it um at least not as easily and there isn't that like what i feel to be a corporate move of the spirit kind of bringing us all together yeah that's happened so much and that leads me to the other thing that i had just um commented on a friend's facebook page the other day he was mentioning so many people that are, you know, the word deconstruct is all over right now. Deconstructing your faith is, it's a come not trendy, but it's, it's very popular. And for good reason, I think a lot of people are in that place, especially as you're saying, coming out of 2020. And he was mentioning that just to have grace for people that are in that space in your church, to have grace for people that are deconstructing their faith right now. And deconstructing doesn't mean it can mean a lot of different things for a lot of pe- different people. It's a spectrum. It could be people figuring it out, people asking questions. It could be people leaving. And I felt compelled to share with just how, if you ever, if you guys have listened to our episode on doubting and but believing, where we talked about our faith stories and my like crisis of faith, essentially. And I went through a crisis of faith inside of an organic church, and I really. It was long. It was years. And I reached points where I was like, I don't even know what I think. I don't even know what I believe anymore. I think Jesus, but that's about it. And then my brain couldn't even process beyond that at certain points. I think about what would have happened if I had been inside of a mainstream church. I I feel sad. And then I have empathy for people that are in that spot now because I was in an environment where I could be – I was safe to – deconstruct yeah and And i was safe to question and i was safe to even bitch and like i had long seasons where i was just shut down i wasn't even engaging and no one judged me i mean that i know of (laughs) y'all might have judged me a little bit i think we missed you but we didn't judge but didn't judge me and so i was i was allowed to go through the process that i needed to go through and so i'm not saying people can't go through that in mainstream church i'm just saying i'm thankful for the community that i have that I was able to do that without being pushed further away. Um, and then I was in a place where I could ask questions. And so yeah. also, if you're in mainstream church, please remember to have grace for the people that are <laughs> questioning right now because yeah. it's so hard for a lot of people right now and they have to be able to feel like they can ask their questions and be loved through it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not a sin to ask questions. I know. And... I, I think that, you know, we could talk a lot about this. I'm not sure what, what how we're going to feel about this episode when we're all said and done, <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, we were just who we are. A lot, a lot of times this is what our church looks like, right? We just yeah, kind we're of just bounce doing around it. and we're we just do doing our it. thing. 
And, um, but it's full. And I think the most accountability I've ever had in my life has been in this church because, um, you know, because we are in touch with each other. We do hang out. We hang out less now, I think, because of a lot of different reasons. And I do miss that a lot. And I also live on the opposite end of town. So that's been a big, um, sore spot for me, to be honest. But, um, you know, I think that it's important to know that you've, you've got to be in community. And so even if you are in a four-walled church, uh, find community mm-hmm. within that if you can. And see about, you know, letting people into your life in a way that is uncomfortable. And look, you might you might have to go through a few rounds of people if need be. And there's nothing wrong yeah, with that. Yeah, and that's that. okay. And sometimes people are going to come and go. And I think that's the ebb and flow. And I think we talked about that, that sometimes people kind of stop into our church as kind of a healing ground. Yes. Or to kind of find their footing or to find, reestablish their identity. Yes. To learn about their spiritual gift, to practice that gift. To rest. To rest. A lot of people come yeah. to just yeah. rest and yeah. be. And then to leave. And that's okay too. I mean, that's totally okay. But anyway. And we expect that. Okay, I was supposed to mention this, and I totally didn't. I'm going to be all super academic and say the three tenets that these are Jonathan's oh, three tenets of the church. We kind of actually already touched on them. Christ is; these are the th- three things he says like a healthy organic church, at least for ours, our tenets. Um, Christ is head, which means no one takes on the title of head, but Jesus functions as the role of the head. Number two, we live life like a healthy family, which we've touched on. We didn't say that phrase, but. Where that doesn't mean you don't have conflict, mm-hmm. which we've talked about. There's been lots of messy, hard conflict, but that does mean we address it as the Lord leads. And three, every member functions, which we also talked about. We just didn't name it, which means every person has the opportunity to function and understand how to use their gifting accordingly. Yeah, yeah we should put that in the show notes and then say yeah, we will so talk good. about all of these things. Also, the book, um, the book Reimagining Church, Frank Viola, by Frank Viola is. If anybody we wants should have to him read, on this show. I know. I actually want to. He would totally do it. I know. Um, if anybody wants to read Reimagining or wants to like just read more about this idea, um, the re what really like the Axe Church is really a lot of what we're talking about. Um, I highly recommend that book. And there's another one that's more practical, which is Finding Organic Church. But that's like if you want to start an organic church. Yeah. Which is different. Yeah. And, you know, and I've gone to other organic churches and they look different. Some of those are way more structured and one of them even kind of has a leader Mm -hmm. and if you will, but, um, and that, that, that went there, we're still friends with them. We just don't go there anymore because I felt like, um, I, we didn't want to spread ourselves too thin and we felt like this, this organic church was more of our family and this was the, 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 the life we wanted for ourselves and I I guess it was the Lord too. I don't know. It just kind of, it was nine years ago. I can't even remember what happened yesterday. (laughs) So, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that that is important to remember too, that they can't, yours will probably look different if you. Okay. So I want to ask a conclusion question as we wrap up. What would you say is maybe the most, I don't want to say life-changing because that's cheesy, but you know, what about organic church has shifted your thoughts most on the concept of church and or God? I think this is my answer to a lot of different questions on shifting mm-hmm. is that so often we th- allow culture to drive something uh the way something looks and is and mm. operates and is established and sustains. Mm-hmm. And 
without ever questioning that culture. Right. And I think sometimes if we allow ourselves, if we dare to question that culture, mm-hmm. and if we dare to ask, well, what if? Yeah. We could be countercultural. Mm-hmm. What if? Yeah, that's so good. What might happen then? And I'm thankful to say that I've done that in a lot of different areas of my life. And I'm really satisfied. Yeah, that's so good. Oh, I like that. Um, I have a lot that come to my mind, but the one that I think it's been one of the most prevalent like mind shifts for me that I don't think I would have had without being in an organic church. Um, and it kind of ties into what you just shared that I think that the American mainstream church, um, very much emphasizes the individual Christian and the individual faith and, you know, our own personal Jesus and your, your salvation, belongs your to salvation you alone. to you and you alone, which none of which is not true, but it's not all that's true. Mm-hmm. And organic church has shown me more of the corporate love and corporate conviction and corporate move of God that is so integral, I believe, to kingdom work. Like, I don't think you can separate. It's not kingdom work is partly individual, but the way that I've watched God move through us as a people and communicated things to all of us, um, I, I I will forever be changed in my understanding. I don't even really all understand all of it, but I know that the corporate body because it's the body. Mm-hmm. It's not the one piece of the body. You're maybe a hand or a foot, and I may be an arm or a toe. But together with others, we make the body of Christ. If Christ is head, we need the entire body. And it's really still a mystery, but I think I've laid down less of my – I've laid down more of my personal yeah. Jesus, me, me, me theology yeah. for the what is he doing among yes. us yeah. theology what do you have for your people god and that's hard as an american that's just hard as an american christian like that has been a years long process but i just i think it's so beautiful and mm-hmm. i think there's more that he has to reveal over my lifetime regarding that but i'm i'm all for it yeah amen yeah well said and i think yeah not a, what have you done for me lately, but what would you like to do for them? Yes. Lord. That's so good. Yeah. That's that's the question. That's actually how you tap into the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's truly, if you want to yeah. know, if you want to know the secret of tapping in to the Holy Spirit, put your eyes on everybody else mm-hmm. and the Spirit will come. So good. I know there's a ton of things that we didn't talk about because there's years and years worth of things we've experienced, but... And we had toyed around with the idea of maybe doing a part two and having people from our actual church community like share cool and maybe even supernatural and awesome things that God's done among us. And maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll ask you guys if you on Instagram if you even care about hearing that. But at least for now, we did this. I feel good. I feel good about it. I feel like we made it to it's a four point six. It's a twelve. <laughs> It's 12. It's 4 12 times is a three. holy number. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah the 12 apostles. <laughs> That's right. So it's a 12. The 12 tribes of Israel. That's right. Done and done. We did it. The 12 tabernacles. The 12 know. doves of the, and the 12 cherubim of the 
<laughs> the 12 gates of heaven. How many gates are there? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I am I got nothing. All right. Okay. Peace. In the Middle East. Always. Around the corner. In your backyard. And at your church. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Goodbye. Hey, thanks for listening. We're so glad you're here. Please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us for other people to find this podcast. Tell everybody you know on the planet. Tell your mama. Call your daddy. Tell your daddy. Call your cousins. Let them know. That's what we should do. Oh, at Noba Podcast Everywhere.